0: What is up, Fathom fam? Thank you for listening and supporting the Fathom Church podcast. Remember, you can always connect with us at fathomchurchjacks.com and on all your social media platforms, as well as on YouTube. We just want to remind you about our Fathom Beyond Sunday podcast. It's a very different podcast, different than our normal sermon. It's really just a conversation, casual, engaging chat between some of our leaders on faith, life, and following Jesus between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. So if you haven't had a chance to listen in, we hope you will head over there to Fathom Beyond Sunday and check out our podcast. For now, let's jump into the message. What's up to everybody that's online, uh, watching, maybe traveling, uh, sitting in your living room or driving down the road, maybe even sitting in a hotel room or something like that. Can we show some love to our Fathom family that's out there? And uh, I'm so thankful if you're in the room or online and you're a guest Uh, Let me just invite you to get connected, make those next steps to to really meet somebody, to really take your next steps in your faith and in family, and, and we hope that this season is a good one. It's been a long year. Has it been a long year for anybody? Is it just me? It's been a little bit of a long year. People keep asking me, um, you know, like what day it is, or uh, it's just like I, I can't remember what day that was. It's just all—it's all been a little bit of a blur. But I'm thankful for for this week. I'm really excited about what God's doing in this season. Of our church. And I, I'm particularly excited about this week. I, I want to make sure you know uh, to, to be like we just had those announcements to be here for Christmas Eve. Uh, that means we're not going to have an in-person gathering next week. It's just going to be an online experience. So make sure you turn that on. If you're with family, you're hanging out at the house uh, by yourself, flip that on um, next week at 10 a.m. Same time. It'll go on YouTube and and uh, Facebook, anywhere you watch, and then, and we'll join that together and just hear these great testimonies, and there'll be worship, and, and we'll get to be together in that way next Sunday, and then the week after that, I want to make sure you know about that. I'm going to be doing, I, I really want you to make plans to just be a part of that service. Um, it, I'm going to be casting vision for 2021, and it's extremely important that we're all kind of connected. If you call this home, if you if this is your faith family, if this is your church family, don't miss it, whether you're online or in person, don't miss that message. God's given me a word, both a, an actual word, but also a a word from the word of God that is going to kind of tie it up, and, and, and I want you to be tied into the vision of what God's doing in the body, um, because I th- you're connected in that. You're connected in what he's doing and uh, got some big announcements of what some things that are shifting in 2021. So we're really excited about it. I think you are too. So um, look forward to joining us there. Uh, I don't know, uh, l- let me just kind of kind of pull the audience online in the room. Um, are you a, a real tree or a fake tree person? Um, l- l- let me see. Where's my real tree people at in the room? Real tree people. Okay, not trying to get division in the church, but where's my fake tree people at? Right? And I know, I know, like real tree people. My wife is one of those. She grew up; she's never had a fake tree until she married me. Um, and, and, uh, but I, I never had a real tree uh, my entire life. And I know, like real tree people, kind of look down on us. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But there's like a there's a little trash can back there. You can put your judgment in as you come in, <laughs> as you judge me. Um, and I know, like I know, like real trees are more fun unless you have an allergy, and they're not more fun. And I, I have tree allergies, and we did, uh, some of you will remember that have been here a while, we did a Christmas tree lot out here, and we gave the proceeds um, to missions. Uh, it, was, it was a fun event, a very tiring event. But I was in my flannel shirt every day, and I, and I found out through that season, as I'm moving real Christmas trees, I'm allergic to Christmas trees, and so it's not as much uh, fun. I know kids uh, that are here online or in the room, you're, you're smart. I know you're smart. I, I keep it real with you. I know you guys are smart. I know that you guys know that some of these Santa Clauses ain't the real Santa Clauses, right? You, you've you seen Elf, right? You've seen the part where he reveals that that one guy, he's not the real Santa. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you guys remember that part, right? There's some fake Santas out there, and there's some real Santas. There's some fake Christmas trees and some real... Christmas trees, and uh, but I don't want to talk uh, about the the fake trees or the certainly not the, the fake Santa Claus. I, I, I want to I want to make sure that we know today in our heart God's plan for us to have the real, true light of God. That is life. It's He's literally life for us. And I want to go to John chapter one today as we take another step in our Advent series. We've been exploring this. Uh, This symbolism, this theme of the light that's used both in the Old Testament and New Testament to talk about truth, to talk uh, about salvation, and it's talked about to talk about the, the light of Christ, that he is that salvation, he's the Messiah, but also to talk about us as the church, and so today I want to talk about the true light. Let's read John chapter 1. John tells um, the birth narrative of Jesus in a very different way than what we find Matthew and Luke do. Matthew is genealogical. He kind of gives the whole breakdown that builds up to through Joseph and through Mary, God is continuing to fulfill this promise of the Messiah to Israel. He wants to really connect it there. Mark doesn't include a birth narrative at all Luke is the one we get more of like the political scene we get the scene of the shepherds in Luke chapter 2 and John tells it in a, a thematic way a one that highlights the eternal existence of Jesus Christ which as we celebrate Jesus coming into the world we have to remember and slow down before we enter this that he He didn't just kind of show up. Though he showed up in physical flesh, he had been around forever, and that's where John 1 1 begins. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. For those of you that don't know, John uses the Word, and the reason you see it capitalized is because he's talking about Jesus. It's a, a, you know, um, a thematic way that he talks about Jesus. He was with God in the beginning, and through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. Can, can we just say that out loud together? In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Let's, let's stop right there for just a, a minute, and, and let's talk, because I, I think there's a few things that God wants to get into our spirit today in this text, and and I think it first starts that Jesus is first in nature and that we are second in nature. This is what, this is what John is telling us through his gospel, that, that Jesus is first. This is a difficult concept for us to understand as humans to, to take second place because we don't like to be second. We, we want to be first. You ever been to a kid's birthday party? And say, it's time for cake and ice cream. And all the kids be like, me, 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 me. I want to be first. You ever, you ever been to an event with a bunch of men and the meat has been put out on the platter? <laughs> like, all right, guys, the table's open. And like, you know, when there's not women around, they're like, I got I to gotta make sure nobody like thinks I'm like being greedy. No, no, then we just jump in. We want that meat first. You ever, you ever been to the town center during Christmas? and pull up on a parking spot, <laughs> <laughs> and somebody else is staring you down at it, and you uh, you hit the wrong blinker the wrong way, and you're like, oh, then you're in this stare down, and you're like, but you know how that goes, you know the rules of that, just like shotgun, whoever calls it first, whoever was there first, it's their parking spot, and this is, this is what John is telling us, is that Jesus is first, He's not an afterthought. He's he's not Jesus' plan, like, oh, God, or or God's plan to, like, just fix things after the fact. No, no, Jesus has always been with God. He's always been God, and though we see him in human flesh, the story, and and, and I think it's important, I particularly want to say this to kids, but I also want to say this to adults, that this is, this is true. It's true what happened to Jesus. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a cute story to make us feel better. The, The the scientific, the archaeological evidence: Jesus was a real person who lived and died and rose again on the third day. And like, if you follow the historical, all the stuff around it, it it happened. I think many of us, I'll speak to the adults, we want to keep it as this nice story that kind of makes us feel better, and we, we like it, we like it, it makes us feel better, but we, we don't come up to the fact in our own hearts, and our own minds, that this is real, this is what happened to Jesus, God became flesh and made his dwelling among us, as we'll read. And so we have to remember this, that he's the true light, he's first in nature, whether we put him first or not. Jesus um, says it a little bit later in in, uh, chapter 8, verse 58. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. He's reflecting uh, the the Exodus passage where uh, Moses hears God speak through the burning bush that he is the I am. He's Always been. This is echoed in John's revelation of the exalted Jesus, where it's there said that he, uh, he who uh, uh, was and is and is to come. it's the same idea that Jesus has always been, He is who He is. He is first in nature. Colossians 1:17 says it like this: He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I, um, I get chiropractic. Um, I know s- some people are not into the chiropractic thing. I've been going since I was in seventh grade. Many of you, it's well known about my back issues. You guys are always so concerned about how my body is doing. I appreciate that. It's, uh, I feel too young to be having those questions, but I've literally been having those questions since I was in seventh grade when I first um, hurt myself playing football and, and went to the chiropractor. And, and they, my chiropractor does this type of chiropractic called uh, Atlas. Chiropractic, where they adjust the very top of your spine. There's something in there that's like the size, they say it's as thin as a wafer, and it's about the size of a dime that sits at the top of um, your skeletal cord, your spinal cord. And they adjust that. And, and how they do it, they lay you on this thing and they have your x rays. They pull up all these numbers and, and they get a very exact science and they get this big you know, piece of machinery that really doesn't do much, but it, it pinpoints an exact spot to adjust your atlas, this tiny little wafer thin, because here's what they believe in, in with atlas te- technology, is if that's not right, nothing else is going to be in line. That's why they adjust that. And and he'll try to adjust me and try to get some things moving and things can't get moving in my back and I'm, I'm gonna be hurting. And I'm like, nope, we gotta get the atlas right first. That's, that's kind of this whole belief and this scientific understanding of atlas technology um, or to adjust the atlas. And the same is true in our faith. The first thing has to be adjusted first. We've gotta get the first things right because Jesus is first in nature and he has always been first. It's just a matter of whether we're gonna um, we're going to put him first. He's going to be first. It's just a matter of whether we're going to put him first. You know, I think many of us, we're in a perpetual stare down with God. Like we, we get with our parking spaces, we're in a perpetual stare down of God of who's going to have first. Is, is God going to have first on Monday? Is God going to get the parking space on Wednesday? Is God going to get the parking space on Sunday, is he going to get the parking space? We're in a perpetual stare down for God being first in our life. And here's what I've learned in my own life as, as maybe there's been certain areas in which I'm, I'm struggling to surrender in. And I know many of us, we probably have an area of our life that I'm struggling. Maybe it's in your relationships. Maybe it's in your, um, your career. Maybe it's in your calling, your, your, your sexuality, and your marriage. I'm not sure your finances. But here's what I've learned. If we aren't fully surrendered in one area of our life, then we're not fully surrendered. It's pretty plain and simple. If we're not fully surrendered in one area of our life, then we're not fully surrendered. And we're not going for this perfection thing. That's why we just took communion to remember that we're not perfect. We have no righteousness on our own, but I want to remind you that He is first, and He should be first in our life, and by that, everything else. That's how we can know life in Him, is by putting Him first, because He's always been first. Uh, the passage goes on; we'll pick up at verse six. Uh, there, Sarah, uh, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I I, I love the buildup of that text. John is, is the second most popular name um, for men in the past hundred years. The, 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 the first most popular name is actually James, which is interesting that the sons of Zebedee, James and John, the sons of Thunder, are the two most popular names. And guess what the most popular female name is over the past hundred years? It's Mary. How about that? Look at these advent names just coming right to the forefront for the past hundred years. But John's a common name. It's some would even say it's an it's an ordinary name. And I love the build of this. There was a man sent from God, and his name was, was John. Simple. Common even uh, among here. And he came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He came as a witness. The true light, um, the the he himself was not the light. Let's go to verse eight. I'm sorry, I got confused there. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to the world, uh, to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through uh, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Let's stop there, and we'll finish out the text here in just a moment. I want to remind you today, as we reflect on Jesus as the true light I want to remind you that he is Jesus, and we are John. Everybody say, I'm John. I'm John. I'm John. Anybody ever just feel ordinary? I feel pretty common. I'm not doing anything for God. Who, who am I? Who am I? To, to bring glory to God in any profound way. But I I love so much about this text. It reminds us in the Scriptures that this man, John, he was sent from God, called by God, ordinary as he might find himself, as ordinary as Mary or Joseph might find themselves, as small as their lives from their small towns were, they were sent from God and called by God for a unique purpose. And we're we're all John. He was not the light but he was a witness to the light. That's personal. He saw it for himself. And this is that time of year in which a lot of people will be exposed to the gospel message, will be reminded the reason for the season, but not all that hear that will see that for themselves, will not truly be a witness to the light, And and maybe you've been a witness to religion, maybe you've been a witness to the light in someone else's life, but God's desire for you as it was for John is that you would be a witness yourself to the light of God, the transformation from darkness from which we were called, that we would experience that transformation in our own life. There's some darkness in some of our lives and the only way that his light begins to shine through that is to begin to live a life like John. As we not only know that, he, that he's the light, but we bear witness to the light. There's a few things I, I want to tell you about John the Baptist, that he was sent by God to prepare the way. He, he actually began to say this message of repent, repent, repent before Jesus ever began to say it. And Jesus just picked up in his first message and he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. He's, he's saying the same thing Jesus is saying as witnesses, both with our own eyes, seeing with our own eyes and speaking from our own lips. John the Baptist was a messenger for God. He was a, a voice in the wilderness calling out and saying, look, look, the king is here. And our lives should reflect in the similar fashion, not in the, the, the kingdom of God, but in that same way, say that the kingdom of God is at hand and that Christ will return. That he is who he said he was and we are witnesses to that, not in somebody else's life. Next week at storytellers. We're gonna get an opportunity to reflect not only on some testimonies of encouragement from people within the body, but I would encourage you to reflect on your testimony Maybe that begins today as we think through our testimony of being witnesses to the light. Think about where you were, B.C., before Christ came in. I think of the depravity I was in. I think of the darkness that was the shape of the condition of my soul. Think about the great light that he shined on us. And I can't help but smile. I can't help but rejoice. I can't help but bring him praise and glory and pour my life back out to him. This is the kind of life that John lived, and this is the life that we're called to be as witnesses to the life, but also those that bear witness, those that tell about the goodness of God, that tell about the light, that are are just like, you ever see those sign holders? I know you've seen them out on the street corner, the guys that are like crazy good at flipping the signs. I know some of the kids have tried that stuff before, and it doesn't work the same, Um, but I've seen them. I've always just thought it's so interesting, and that's that's what we are. We're just, we're just sign holders. They came to John the Baptist thinking maybe he's the Messiah. And he said, no, 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 I'm not even worthy to tie the shoes of, the, uh, of who comes after me, of the Messiah. He said in John three twenty three that I must become less. I must decrease and he must increase. I've got to get myself out of the way. Many Christians love to quote St. Francis of Assisi preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. Anybody ever drop that one on Facebook, right? And people are just, yeah, yeah. And you're like, just, just preach it by your life. And, and it's a great quote. And, and, and if we know about St. Francis of Assisi, then you'll know what he sacrificed. He, he gave himself to a life of poverty and just forsook everything for the sake of bringing glory to God and serving the, the hurting of our world. And I think a lot of Christians like to post that, like to quote that in order to relinquish their responsibility to bear witness with words, to be preachers of the gospel that actually I am supposed to speak up and, and bear witness and not just keep it down in my heart, but actually to say it and make sure that I'm not making this about me, but I'm pointing the direction at Jesus This is the type of life that we are called to live as John did. Uh, This week God had to correct me and put me in my place and he did so quickly after a conversation. When you're open to correction, like you can learn things really fast and it'll save you a lot of heartache down the road. And uh, I was in the middle of a conversation, I don't even remember the conversation now, it's just been that kind of week if you know what I mean. I don't even remember exactly who it was but I remember what God spoke to me, I was too focused on that. And in the course of the conversation, it was a short one, uh, I think it was actually a, after church last week, I was talking to someone, and you, you ever just walk away from a conversation, like I talked a little bit too much about myself in that conversation, you ever do that? Like I was just a little bit too in my head, and, and, and God just, man, he corrected me quick, you know, just the Holy Spirit is prompting my heart, and like, hey, you're making this too much about you, you're not the main character in this story, is what he said to me. We've said for many years uh, around here that um, what we try to focus on our service to others is to be interested, not interesting. To to focus on the story of what God's doing in their life, and to put others before ourselves. And and God just dropped this, and I want to challenge you with it, like He challenged me to w- with it, that we're not the main character in the story of our lives. This story, as Taryn said, all these unique parts we play, and in our own John roles. We're not the main character. It's to point our, point our lives, are to be pointed for the glory of God, and that he's the true light that came into the world, not look at me, look at me, but look at God, look at Jesus, the Messiah who has come. We're not the main character, and so I would just ask you a few questions before we um, get to this last part and we begin to close. And I just want to ask you, do you see yourself like John as sent from God, called by God, filled with purpose and meaning you are? John was just a guy. God gave him an ordinary name. But his, his role was unique and significant just like your role is significant and unique. Do you feel sent and called by God? Have you bore witness to the light in your own life? Have you reflected on that testimony of from darkness to light he has brought us? And are you bearing witness to point as just one who points to the goodness and the light of God? Let's end the text with just a a final couple of words here. The true light, which we'll we'll back up and go to verse, where you at, verse 11, that works. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, and we have seen His glory and the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. We'll finish out the last two verses. John testified concerning Him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because He was first. He was before me, and out of His fullness, we have already received grace in place of grace already given. This is the life that God has called us into. Not only is he first in nature, and we're second in nature. Not only is he Jesus, and we're John, but but he's the true giver of life. He's the true giver of life. And and we got to believe and be born again. This is a phrase I I grew up hearing a lot. To be born again. That's what it meant to be a, a Christian. And it really took me into my adult life to really be okay with that. I just heard it so much. I feel like in the 90s, I'm a, an 80s and 90s baby. That, that phraseology was very common and it's just kind of been lost, but I, I feel like I need to confront some of us today who are not living with the light. We have not received from the giver of life. We have not been born into new life and yeah, we've been born and yeah, we've, we've made our life a little better and we've improved a little bit here and there and we've tried to clean our act up, but have you been born again with a, a, a new faith, a new life in Jesus Christ? John 3, verses 3 through 6, Jesus tells them, I tell you the truth, he's speaking to Nicodemus at this moment, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And he goes on, he said, I assure you no one um, can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives life to spiritual life. He brings spiritual life. And many of us, we live a very human life. And we've been invited to a spiritual life that can only be produced by surrender to Jesus Christ, the giver of life, the true light that came into the world. He is the life. Everything that has been made was made in and through him, and every, everything in our lives right now that you're trying to build. I've got construction projects all over the place, trying to build some things. Church, trying to build the kingdom of God. Know this church. Maybe a little woodworking project you're working on. Maybe some craft things. You, you've got gifts you're preparing that you're building, everything that has been built, everything that will last in this world is built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, on Christ alone, the cornerstone. And so I want to confront us today, maybe those have, that have been running on fumes, not because of um, any, anything that um, you're missing other than the, the most important thing is putting Jesus Christ first. Putting him first and receiving from the giver of life. God has has real life and vibrancy for you today, but you've got to receive the light. We've got to stop the perpetual stare down about who's going to have first in our life. God's going to have first. We do ourselves a disservice. We do our children a disservice when we make everybody else first. We do ourselves a disservice when we make sure everybody else is first, but God's not first. Nothing else is ever going to be in line. I want to challenge you today to put Him first. So open yourselves up in humility and be reminded today that you're not Jesus. You're not the light. You're not the one who holds it all together in your family, in your business, in this world. Anybody ever Kind of thought this year that you've feel like you've lost control of things. Maybe you've lost control of your attitude. You've lost control of your routines. You lost control of your addiction. I want to remind you, you were never in control in the first place. And the life that comes back to us, restoring that God desires for us is by receiving the giver of life in our life by putting our faith in Jesus Christ and being born again. I want to ask you to stand and Lee and the team here are going to lead us in just a few moments, but I I want to ask you today, have you given Jesus Christ first place in your life? Have you been born again? If you're watching me online and you've been running from God, or maybe you've never said yes to Him, you've never surrendered your life, remember, if we're not surrendered in one one area, then we're not totally surrendered. This is a moment, if you'll bow your head with me, I just want you to reflect and pray in this moment. And I believe uh, that that anyone right now in this room or under the sound of my voice, it's just as simple as putting your faith in Him and admitting that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. believing on Jesus Christ. and The promise of God is that he births new life in us that we don't stand before God anymore guilty in our own sins but we are made righteous to the precious blood of Jesus. That is our confession. That is our the truth of our faith. Maybe today you're doing that for the first time. Maybe you, you need to recommit yourself and you've allowed other things to get in that parking spot. You've put yourself in that parking spot, put your kids in that parking spot, put your career in that parking spot, and we just need to back up and say, God, that spot is yours. You're first today, and I, I recommit myself. I realign myself with your will and your way. For the person who's weary, for who's hurting, who's running on E to the end of the year, I pray that you receive the power of God, the fullness of a and raised up to steadfast faith today. she you realize he's bringing new life, he's the giver of life. He has come that we might know life and we might know it abundantly. God, I pray in this moment that we make our moves of faith. We connect online, we come to the altar. God, we come to the cross as we confess our sins and say, I need to be made right with God make an altar at our seat. Wherever you're at today, I want you to invite, invite yourself to open yourself up fully and surrender to God. Maybe you'll bow down, maybe you'll lift your hands, come to the altar, to the crosses. But let's give God everything we've got today.